Hi everyone, hope you're having a nice day. Uh, I can say for for at least uh, us, I think that's pretty much every student at Brunel, we've all finished our exams. So if you're in that position, I hope you're enjoying your time off. And if you've still got a couple of exams or coursework or deadlines coming up, we wish you all the best with that. Um, we're back with another episode of Into the Spotlight. Uh, we can see that you guys really are, are enjoying the, the topics that we're talking about. And you know, you're, you're learning new things about different environmental topics, which is which is definitely key. Um, but today uh, we've we brought someone uh, a bit, I guess, sort of like last episode, closer to home. Um, so today we have got uh, Anissa as well, who's a uh, our, our lovely co-host. So Anissa, if you could say hello, hello to everyone. everyone. I hope everyone's enjoying the lovely weather and it's so good to be back with another episode. Yes, yes. And you're definitely right about the weather. It is nice to finally have days of like long sunshine mm -hmm. and just not rain and like rain for the whole week. So it's good to good to see that summer's finally coming coming around. And yes, we've also got our guest speaker today. Uh, so our guest speaker is Sajani, but I'll uh, I won't tell you about her. I'll let her introduce herself. So Sajani, could you just start off by telling our our audience members a bit more about you? Hey guys, I'm Sajani, a third year BA environmental science student at Brunel. I'm passionate about providing a long-term value to the con construction industry on sustainable solutions that lead to change and influence policy. As Brunel's environmental and ethics officer, I am the student representative and voice on tackling environmental issues, opening up relevant dialogues and debates relating to sustainability, discussing ideas and managing campaigns. I eventually became the student advocate on fossil fuel divestments during an environmental, social and governance campaign, producing a report and highlighting the relative importance for the university to consider its interactions with other, other institutions. As an advocate of the sustainability agenda, I believe it's becoming increasingly important in the current climate crisis and will continue to do so during both the pandemic and the years following it. Thank you very much for that, Sajani. And yeah, for anyone who uh, you know isn't a Brunel student or doesn't know exactly what the Environment and Ethics Officer is, it's basically a, a role that students can fill during their time at university. So they support the student union uh, at the university. So if you're a uni student, you might have, they might not necessarily be called the Environment and Ethics Officer, but they might, they'll have you know, some environmental been related to their name um but yeah essentially like Sanjani said she's been uh, you know implementing different uh, policies and uh, you know ensuring that the union itself is being as you know as sustainable as possible and uh, you know I'm pretty sure we'll be uh, addressing it whether it's this episode or later on you know Brunel's university is committed to you know tackling this climate emergency um so yeah so Sanjani's been a huge help to that um but yeah, uh, I'll pass on over to Anissa for our first official question. Um, well, to begin with, I think Sajni first mentioned about how to um, how she opens dialogues surrounding environmental issues. And today we want to focus more on the construction industry. And with that, just to begin with, Sajni, could you explain how exactly the construction industry affects the environment and impacts the environment? Um, so the building and construction activities worldwide annually consume 3 billion tonnes of raw materials. This equates to 40% of the global total use. If we take into account both the direct use and embodied energy, the construction industry consumes 4.5% of the UK's total energy consumption, generating over 400 million tonnes of carbon dioxide, contributing to global warming. Throughout the construction cycle, and especially at the end of a structure's life cycle, large quantities of waste are produced. Significant quantities of waste are also generated by the construction process itself. Much of this waste is avoidable on site, 
but inattention to design, detailing and inappropriate materials can also contribute to waste. Thank you, Sajin. That's quite interesting. I think sometimes we kind of forget about the construction industry's um, impact on the environment. When in, real, in reality, we should think about it a lot because construction is something that will always be happening and will always be ongoing. And I think it's the first thing, the first step to kind of promoting sustainable development is looking at the construction of buildings and infrastructure. So with that, I think, Jeffrey, we can go on to the next question. Yeah, so thank you very much for that answer, Sachini. And uh, yeah, you've clearly shown that the construction industry definitely has an impact on the environment. Um, but the thing we want to know next is, you know, on a more personal level, uh, you know, you said before that you were the environment, environment and ethics officer at the student union. Um, you said also that, um, you know, you're an environmental science student. So you've got definitely got a, a clear passion for the environment, which is very, very, very important, very relevant to the, you know, the questions we're asking you today. Um, but we want to know essentially, how are you sustainable in your day-to-day -day life? What do you do or, you know, what is what are some practices that um, you, you participate in or you take on to ensure that you're being as sustainable as possible in your day-to-day -day life? Um, thank you for the question, Jeffrey. So, in fact, I've been a vegetarian for my whole life. Um, not only do I not know any different, but I really wouldn't change in any other way. I've had friends and family who said, oh, OK, maybe you should try meat or you should try other alternatives that are meat. And I personally wouldn't really want to because I know ethically it's not it's not right. Um, additionally, I'm also an avid cyclist, cycling wherever possible instead of using public transport or private transport. Um, and also as a household, we've chosen to go paperless um, as well as trying to grow our own fruit and vegetables wherever we can. Oh, thank you for that. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, all our listeners can see you're definitely taking being, you know, being as sustainable uh very very importantly and uh yeah i think it's key key things that you raise there is um you know i know that you're you, you're doing multiple things that are sustainable but i know we've uh, addressed in like previous episodes as well you know this one thing of a time thing so even if uh you know you took one of the things that Sajmi said so whether it's uh you know you grow your own vegetables in your garden if you've got one um, or you try cycling uh, to, you know, nearby places. If you're traveling just to a nearby supermarket or, you know, just going to meet a friend uh, at a local park rather than getting a bus or, you know, public transport, maybe think about cycling, uh, especially with, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure if other individuals who are listening or even you guys have seen, you know, there's all these cycle lanes popping up. Uh, so it's definitely encouraging this practice of, you know, getting into sustainable practices i guess um but yeah now i'll pass on to anissa for the next question um so back to the topic of um the construction industry industry sorry um sadly from what you know and what you've researched are there any policies that encourage sustainable practices within the construction industry at the moment um thanks for the question anissa actually um so in the uk the principal area of legislation and regulations relating to sustainable buildings and sustainable construction practices includes operational carbon emissions um, building assessments, waste, material and planning. So even though they've initiated all of these legislations, despite this, um, in, the re in recent years, there are only a few mandatory requirements. The growing appreciation for the need to tackle climate change emergency has seen the publication of many guides setting out how the UK construction industry can contribute to achieving the national 2050 carbon reduction targets under the Climate Change Act. 
Um, to date, legislation has not been introduced to enforce major carbon reductions from the construction and operation of buildings within the UK. In the absence of uh, the creation of these government policies, there are, however, a growing number of voluntary initiatives and guidance focused on the circular economy and addressing the climate change emergency, particularly relating to greenhouse um, gas emission reductions. So, for example, large companies like Wilmot Dixon, Jacobs and Mace have all said that they're going to try and build X number of carbon neutral homes by 2050, even though the government hasn't asked them to do it. They just said that they, them as a company, want to become more sustainable or they're going to try and introduce and incorporate municipal solid waste within their cement. Um, incorporation of municipal solid waste and cement actually reduces the carbon footprint of a building and in turn uses less water when you make concrete. So all of these small initiatives created by um, individual companies is actually proving to be more successful than the non-existent um, government policies. Thank you, Sajni. Um, just for the listeners who may not be aware, could you just explain a little bit about what municipal solid waste is? Oh, sorry about that. Okay, okay. so municipal solid waste is um, food waste that's been sent to the incinerator and the soot that's created is actually... Um, collected within the incineration process. And then um, from that, you can actually incorporate it into cement. So in order to make cement, you add, uh, you can add pulverized fly ash, which is the incinerated soot um, with water and um, Portland cement, mix it together to create concrete. The traditional method of creating concrete is actually just um, Portland cement and water. However, incorporating pulverized fly ash um, actually ensures that you use less water in order to make the concrete, therefore making it more sustainable in the long term. Thank you. That's quite interesting. I think there probably are a lot of listeners who, are, who haven't actually heard of that before. But um, going on to the next topic on sustainability, I think Jeffrey has another question. Yeah. Um, so you, I guess you sort of touched upon it there on, um, you know, this idea of what different companies within the construction industry are doing and the different practices that they're taking to be more sustainable. Um, but I guess we want to know, they've, they've essentially done, you know, a really good starting place, but, you know, you can always try and do a bit more where possible. So we just want to ask you, Sajni, how can the construction industry become more sustainable? What are some of the practices they could do, whether it's you know, looking at other industries or, or other sectors that they could you know, take, take example from, or whether it's looking within themselves and starting to make you know, it a sector-wide policy, what some of these uh, you know, uh, companies are trying to do to, to be more sustainable. Thank you for your question, Jeffrey. Um, so I think that the construction industry has so much potential to become sustainable. We see countries like Japan and Australia, their construction industries are nearly net zero um, by 2030. So in particular, why can the UK not achieve those targets? Um, sustainable construction actually entails the use of renewable and recyclable materials when building new structures, as well as reducing the energy consumption and waste produced. The primary goal of sustainable construction is to reduce the industry's impact on the environment. So as I mentioned before, although concrete is the most preferred construction material, it is not environmentally friendly as its production releases large amounts of greenhouse gases. Therefore, the use of sustainable building materials like straw bales or bamboo are a more suitable alternative to rebar and concrete construction. 
providing high levels of insulation from hot and cold weather when sealed correctly. Modern methods of construction or prefabricated components like doors, wall panels, windows, roof trusses um, are constructed in a controlled environment can easily be transported and assembled on site. Not only is this method cost effective, but it's also environmentally friendly method of producing construction materials. However, traditional on-site construction methods leading to air and soil pollution, with air particles being released during the cutting and processing in an open environment. However, a controlled environment allows better air filtration and increased energy efficiency. Another um, suitable alternative would be uh, building information management systems. This has made it possible to build completely prefabricated apartments and cabins as seen in Australia. And this is often how um, student accommodations are also built. This is cost effective and highly efficient. The construction industry has so much potential to become more sustainable, as I mentioned before, as seen in Japan and Australia. The implementation of incinerated municipal solid waste in concrete not only reduces waste, but also recovers energy. However, historically, the construction industry has being viewed as a primary contributor to environmental pollution. The industry is working hard to build a more sustainable construction process with contractors using energy efficient and environmentally friendly construction vehicles, equipment and building materials. Thank you, Sanjani. And uh, yeah, it's very clear to see that, you know, there's some, some, especially I think like people have said, this has been the perfect time uh, to, for companies to reflect and think about how they can be, you know, more sustainable and use COVID, uh, even though, you know, there's still construction going on um, and we're not saying that it's not, uh, but they can use this period where there's been a lot of pausing in, especially for the, you know, the first part is most of 2020, there was a pause on how, you know, people were doing things and using this time, I think, to implement some of the practices that you mentioned um, would be definitely a huge benefit to the construction industry. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, I will now pass over to Anissa for the last question. Um, to wrap up this episode, I think certainly we want to know what are your personal hopes for the construction industry from like a realistic perspective? Um, thank you, Anissa. So as we know, sustainability is the future. People around the world need to want to do their part to preserve the earth as water levels rise along with global temperatures. And these desires extend to the construction industry. I personally hope that the industry implements more modern methods of construction and pre-manufacturing techniques, as well as using more sustainable building materials. As long as companies are willing to work alongside environmentalists on new strategies, sustainable building techniques will constitute the future of the construction industry. Thank you so much for that, Sajni, and thank you for your time today. Um, I'm sure, hopefully, a lot of um, listeners have learned something new. And I myself have learned something new as well. I didn't realise that um, the figure that you gave at the beginning was the amount that the, the construction industry co contributed. Was it to carbon emissions? I think you said there's like 3 billion. Um, yeah, 3 billion tonnes of raw materials. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. That's such a, such a large number. Um, but with that, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the episode, Sajani. And I'm sure our listeners um, would love, you know, for, for the construction industry to take on some of the practices that you've, 
you know sent uh, you said to us and uh, you know who knows maybe maybe someone in the construction industry is listening and there's a future job and already sorted out from some of the things that you said um but yeah thank you very much Sajani and thank you to our listeners once again uh, we wish you all the best have a nice day and keep an eye out for our next episode